was the J cut and this is the K cut, a movie podcast for movie fans. I am Andreas. I am the creator and uh, operator for Films Fatale and I love art house and international cinema, but I also love a little bit of everything. Every genre has got something good. Who else do I have with me? James here. I'm a content creator. I produce and release music under the A-list Boutique Paul. I'm one half of the Prevent to Say podcast. I tend to prefer 70s cinema and low-budget indie flicks, and I just released the intro article for my article series on Films Fatale, which is called Guerrilla Film Fair, which is taking a look at no-budget films, and I am going to be preparing in that first article soon. I'm Rachel. I also write for Films Fatale. My specialties are world cinema and the golden age of Hollywood. And I also appear on Quarantine and Quarantine, a medieval radio play, and I have a dual role. Fantastic. Well, it's great to have everybody here on board, but I don't know how much longer that's going to last because uh, this could be this could be the end of, of the K-Cut. I have a bit of a juvenile idea for this episode. I don't know what it is. I have always loved the idea of truth or dare, but not in like the the young sorority type of way where you can ask like really immature stuff, but you can really get into like the side that perhaps podcast co-hosts don't reveal when they're on the air. Now, we're not going to do anything that's very compromising or trashy or offensive, mean-spirited. We're not like that, but I have tried something like this before on my Raptors podcast, the Toronto Raptors podcast, that's a wrap, where we basically, it was the first time we re- we recorded in person, which is a little bit harder for us to do because uh, Rachel, you're in Ottawa and James, you're in Michigan. But I feel like it was something that really worked and it was a lot of fun. So I'm hoping it will be here as well. So the way it's going to work is we're going to go around in a circle. So we're going to do three rounds. I'm going to ask... Rachel, a truth or dare. Rachel's going to ask James, and James, you're going to ask me. Second round, we're going to reverse that. And in the third round, we can maybe automatically generate who we asked, so it's a little bit less predetermined. So our forms of dares, I've got this little list and a, and a random dice generator. Well, specifically die. It's going to be one die, because we're going to have six different, uh, six different types of dares. So... Um, Opportunity one will be a guilty film confession, so something that might get you in hot water, for instance. And this isn't a secret, because I've written about this film before for Films Fatale. I hate Braveheart, and that gets me in so much hot water all the time. I've received, like, death threats because of it. I'm not joking. I wish I was joking. Um, Wait, death threats? Yes, I've seriously been told to die. Over Braveheart, yes. Which is mediocre at best. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting different too now. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's my point. You know, you want you, you can reveal something. Um, you know, maybe you haven't seen a film that people expect you to have seen. Something that makes you feel guilty. So, like, if you have not seen The Godfather, but you just it's just not your type of thing, that's not really the same thing. Something that you feel, <laughs> like, not great about, you know? Um, so that's that's just one dare. The second dare, sing your favorite TV show theme song, or if you get this multiple times, you can sing another one. But I'll specify it has to be lyrical, so it's extra embarrassing, so no humming the Twin Peaks theme song or anything like that. Number three is a little bit more daunting. Remember that bad film podcast we did where, Rachel, you watched The Hottie and The, Hottie and the Naughty? Or is yeah. it Or The Naughty? And The Naughty. And The Naughty, whichever it is. Um, I watched Mac and Me and James, you watched Manos, The Hands of Fate. Well, 
you will have to watch the person asking you the truth or dares bad film that they recommended. So um, I, I'm sure you'll look forward to doing that. Uh, number four, you have to you have to go onto Twitter and send Hugh Jackman's official Twitter. You know, you got to tag him in a post and say I love you. That's it. No hashtags. No explanation. That's it. So maybe maybe you'll want to do that one. I don't know. I mean, I it like, probably happens on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, but you never know. It. it could be like the one that he responds to. Um, actually, I don't even know if he's on Twitter. If he's not, we could do like a Ryan Reynolds or something. We'll figure it out. Number five, you have to make your Facebook banner a picture of Nicolas Cage memes for a week. So nothing flattering. It has to be like Nicolas Cage at his cagiest. Or number six, you badly quote an iconic movie line, which I'm going to arbitrarily pick at random from AFI's top 100 movie quotes list. So those are all of the dares, and they will be automatically generated from this die that I have. So now that I have painstakingly explained this, let's play truth or dare. Is everyone ready? As ready as I'll ever be. I, I guess okay. I'm ready. I mean, I mean the, 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 I'm, I'm trying to stick with all these truths. You never know. So, uh, to audience, uh, to the audience at home, these are all going to be movie-based truth questions. So, about watching films, maybe cinematic experiences, like going to the theater, something of the like. So, and they're uh, all a surprise. Yes, they are. So, uh, I guess I'm gonna. I-, I could start first, just so we could get into the swing of things. Does that sound good? All right. So, Rachel, I'm asking you first. Okay, I'll take truth. Well, uh, you don't know. Okay, let's let's find out what the dare is first. Let's let's roll. All right. Oh well, <laughs> this is this is quite the coincidence. Uh, I think it's the one you'd uh, you'd find the least problematic. Uh, you have to sing your favorite theme song, so uh, you can either do that or okay. answer, answer I, I heard this. singing. I heard singing, so that, that's <laughs> what I'm going to do. Uh, you you don't even want to know what the truth is. Nope. I, I've been pushing you for your musical episode for months, so this is the closest I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for the audience at home, for the audience at home, the truth, in case you still have a smidgen of interest, you can do both. You could just sing and, and do the truth, because this could be an interesting story. When was the last time you texted during a film in a movie theater? Never. So you Never, ever, ever. Never have I ever. Okay, well, you might as well sing then, I guess, because that, okay. that, that wasn't as interesting as I would have hoped. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Making the way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where people know people are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Oh, see, that was supposed to be a dare. That was really good. Jeez, I didn't, I've never heard you sing before. Damn. I studied Wait, opera so, from ages 10 to 18. You didn't know that? No, I did not know that. So, you know, because <laughs> how some people like to sing, but they're not necessarily good. Okay, you can actually sing really well. Well done. Yeah, I think I messed up the lyrics. <laughs> I, I didn't notice, but uh, that well done. I guess to make at least that question a little bit interesting, the last time I texted uh, was uh, 2015 or early 2016. 
uh, spotlight. Um, the entire movie theater was empty, and it was like my fifth time seeing it in the theater because I loved that movie so damn much. So I was like in the back of the theater, just like, "Hey, check it out! I'm watching Spotlight again." So <laughs> I guess that's the last time I texted in the movie theater. Wait, you watched but, uh, it in theaters five times? Yes, I did. That you still that's texted, kind of Andreas? Well, the fifth time, because the theater was empty. The whole thing was empty. It was just me there, literally just me. I was at the back of the theater. I felt like the richest man with his own private movie theater. And I was just like, I was just like, I love this part of the movie. Have you seen this movie yet? No, you should go check it out. I was advertising Spotlight. Shame. I, I had seen the film five times. Actually, six. There was one time afterwards that I saw it again. It's like one of the most rewatchable films I've ever seen. I adore that movie. So, but yeah, there we go. So uh, thank you, Rachel, for that uh, fantastic singing. Uh, I hope to God I don't have to sing because if, uh, you know, especially after that, it's going to be dreadful. Rachel, now you have to ask James the truth or dare. So I'm going to roll the dice and the dare will be to badly quote a movie line. And James, your question is, what is the most pretentious thing you've ever said or done that is related to a movie or the movies? Ooh. Um. <laughs> so what do you want to do? Do you want to say, I'm going to go with this truth because. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is something I say often. Uh-oh. To my wife, I, I don't. I haven't done it uh, lately, nice. and I don't remember Uh-oh. what it was. I think it was. Uh, I think it was because she doesn't like primer because she said it made her feel dumb. And then just I and I think it's like I don't know if it was specifically this or just when it comes to like her taste versus mine in general, I like to say she'll say something about it like cuz like I'm like that's okay, you just don't understand art yet. Oh. Yay. No. It's it's <laughs> it's meant to be satirical, but it just comes off so crass and just terrible. It's like, "Oh, it's okay, you just don't get art." Well, thank you for badly quoting uh, what movie was that? Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I believe that's that's where that came from. Now, I'm glad you didn't pick truth for that one because yeah, I, I I know that that doesn't happen. I hope. Yeah, I I, I understand you're you're saying it in jest, but yeah, I feel like I don't know about you, Rachel. I have said stuff like that sometimes where it's like it's not meant to sound dickish, but it can. Mm-hmm. I get it. It. Well, once I actually texted a friend from my own brain, silent film is the purest form of cinema. And she made fun of me for a solid six months after that, and I deserved it. Oh, you know what you should have done? You should have given her the silent treatment. It's the purest (laughs) form of revenge. (laughs) Anyway, so, James, now you have to ask me something. Otherwise, I... Let's roll the dice here. Oh, it's... Okay. Or otherwise, I... We'll have to post I love you to Hugh Jackman on Twitter, which I might not mind doing, except my girlfriend might be concerned. So <laughs> that actually sounds like but everybody loves fun Hugh to do Jackman, anyway. So. Every, everyone loves Hugh Jackman. Anyway, so I'm either going to do that or I'm going to answer this. What's a movie you showed your girlfriend that you thought for sure she'd like, but she hated? That's tough. I might actually have to think about that because there's a few films that I've shown her, like. Persona and Annihilation, where I knew that they would be a little bit difficult to digest for her. Because my girlfriend, I don't know if I brought up her taste before. I feel like I might have. She loves 
a little bit of everything, but her primary love is like retro, nostalgic, like 80s and 90s movies. So like 10 Things I Hate About You, Pretty in Pink. Uh, a lot of those classic John Hughes, uh, some kind of wonderful, not 16 Candles though. Yeah, that sort of stuff. She likes, you know, some Rodney Dangerfield stuff. Like she, her stuff is a little bit more wholesome, easygoing. I can't think of a better answer, but I guess this is as close as it's going to get because if I, I'm usually really good at reading if she's going to like something or not. I guess the best answer I have is actually, I've got two answers. I just thought of, I, I just thought of something. So the closest answer, I guess, to this would be A Fish Called Wanda. She was loving it, having the time of her life, laughing so hard, which is exactly what I anticipated. It's an 80s movie. It's one of the best rom-com or comedies of the 80s, in my opinion. You know, the John Cleese one with Kevin Kline, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Palin. She found the ending repulsive, and it just completely destroyed the movie for her. Oh. Uh, have either of you seen it? I, I have not, but I've had a similar experience. My wife liked Chinatown up until the ending, and that she will not let me live it down. That's too bad because Chinatown's ending is is so bleak. I love it, but uh, with a fish called Wanda, I don't want to spoil it. But the climactic joke is just one of those things where you'll find it hilarious or just kind of gross. And anybody who's seen it will know exactly what I'm talking about. She hated it to the point where just like it just destroyed the experience for her. So there's that. And the one I was thinking previously, I didn't expect her to love the Seventh Seal, but I feel like I was expecting maybe maybe a bit of a different reaction. I feel like I, I feel like it, it was just a little bit. It just it just was not her thing at all, and that's perfectly fine. The fact that she allows me to show a lot of these uh, these international films or classics that I love. You know, it's it's a testament to how patient she is, and I, and I do love that. But I think now that I've really thought about it, the one that answers this question the best is is a fish called Wanda, which isn't necessarily true for the majority of the film. But actually, what happened was she bought it for like five dollars at like HMV when it was closing, and after that ending, she actually sold it at a BMV because she's like, I can't think, I can't imagine oh my myself God. watching this again because I really don't like this ending. Yeah, that is a really strong vote against it. Which, again, for the majority of the film, she was laughing, laughing hysterically. It was just like, once the ending stuff happened, that was it. So I guess that's the closest that it gets. Especially because it wasn't the whole picture, which is kind of what you were asking, James. But the ending made it the whole picture. So, I mean, it is what it is. No, that's valid. Like that was the, It's like you thought by through sure to the end, it'd be good. And then the ending happens and it's like, nope. <laughs> exactly so it, 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 it's as if you thought the coast was clear so i guess in a way it's not the right answer but it actually is the right answer so that's it for that um now we're gonna go in reverse order we're gonna do a switcheroo now so james you're gonna be asking rachel your truth but she might have to do this dare you, Rachel, you might have to make your Facebook banner a picture of a Nicolas Cage meme for a week. Yeah, I'll pass. Okay. <laughs> oh, you might, come on. You might have to answer this, though. It's Nick Cage. Is what is a movie that you watched with your parents at a young age that you probably should not have watched? 
My parents were pretty permissive, so that is a lot of movies. Um, I'm going to go away from the obvious stuff like sex scenes, violence. Like, again, I grew up in a family where basically I could watch whatever I wanted. But they showed me quite a few movies that were sort of topics a kid wouldn't get or wouldn't care about or just was not on their radar. And one of those was Dr. Zhivago, which is really weird because I grew up into a person who loves Russia and Russian literature. But as a kid, it was all a dead key on my personal piano. I did not get it. And so this wonderful movie was completely and utterly wasted on me. And I wish they'd waited three or four years. That's too bad. Did you? Oh, it sounds like you grew to to enjoy it eventually. But how long did it take? Oh, a couple more years. Watched it. Read the book in college. It was all good. Okay. 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 Yeah, mine was uh, South Park: Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. When I was like ten, I watched that with my dad, and I probably should not have watched that that young. <laughs> did your dad get animated? I was, I was watching kids. the show anyway. You know, I thought it was edgy and cool because I'd stay up late and watch it because I had a TV in my room growing up. So I actually had a very good question. Did your dad watch it because he was a South Park fan or did did he watch it with you because he was under the impression that this is an animation for kids? I don't know. He just watched it with me. So you don't actually know if he knew exactly what it was. I don't know. He might have. Because I I don't recall him watching the show. So (laughs) he might have. I don't know. He left. So (laughs) that's hilarious. Wow. Well, I guess you'll never know. (laughs) Cool. Well, now, Rachel, you're going to have to ask me something. So uh, um, either that or I will have to. Oh, I'm not singing. I'm not singing. Okay, Rachel, what's the question? Oh, darn. I would have loved to hear it. Okay, well, um, so we mentioned theater etiquette in our last round. So my question is, have you ever been called out for bad theater etiquette? And if so, what happened? Okay, because I'm not singing. I need to explain myself. So, <laughs> it's only ever happened once. Oh, this I is going to be good. I need to explain myself. So this was the, the first and only time I've ever done a rush line at TIFF. Uh, Toronto International Film Festival. I'll explain what a rush line is. A rush line is if tickets are sold out an hour or two before showtime, they open up seats to anybody who needed to, to cancel their, their the events. Like if they can't show up, they refund their tickets or sponsors uh, just purchase seats that are available for people. So you can rush first come first serve those tickets for a discounted price. The only thing is you're waiting for like two, three hours, depending on the film, sometimes five. So I wanted to see this Brian De Palma film, uh, Passion. It stars Newbie Rapace and uh, Rachel McAdams. And which, uh, I don't know if this is a guilty admission. I think that film's underrated and very misunderstood as a satire. Anyway, so I was in this line outside of the Winter Garden Theater in Toronto for a really long time, like five hours. And my friend who was studying at UFT finally met with me in line, like right before showtime. It was like this big, massive rush. We've never rushed before. I didn't know what in the hell I was doing. We just made it like three people behind us. The line got cut. So we barely made it. We're rushing in there. We're paying. We got to book it into the theater. Oh my God. Brian Tobama on stage. Like they're, they're really going to start this thing any second now. And we had to get split up. So it's like, oh, shoot. Okay, wait, where are you going? So uh, she got whisked away by some usher. I got sent somewhere. And right before, like, I don't know, anybody who has not done TIFF, 
they don't have a lot of trailers or anything, but they do have sponsors. They have like a, like a couple of plugs and um, TIFF related uh, TIFF related footage before each screening. So I knew this. This was my first year really, really doing a lot of TIFF stuff. But I knew this because the previous screenings I went to had the same thing. And I knew that this was my time to quickly text my friend and ask if she got to where she needed to get to okay. Texting and the movies. The guy beside me. This happened before 2015, so that technically does not nullify my last answer. Uh, I don't text a lot in the movies, I swear. This episode is defaming me. Anyway, the guy beside me basically called me out and said, it's exceptionally rude to be to be doing this in the theater. It's so bright, can you please turn that off? But here's the twist. Now that I've answered the question, that guy <laughs> was a professor of mine from York University. Oh my god! So it was triply embarrassing because that guy used to grade my stuff, and I didn't do particularly well in his class. He wasn't a film prof, actually. He was um, comic books and society, so like The Dark Knight Returns and other graphic novels, Black Hole by Charles Burns, all that stuff. I didn't do particularly well in his class. I got like a B minus, I think. And that guy called me out, and that was not fun. So it made it triply embarrassing. That is a pretty good story. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess that, that beats singing. So um, The funny thing is I tried to make the same screening, but I got sick and couldn't go. Oh, for passion, really? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to make that screening. I think it was the same one. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that was one of the ones that sold out the quickest. Um, and I was studying at U of T, so I may well have known your friend. Oh, that's crazy. Well, what did you study? You do at U of T film? Yeah, cinema. Uh, she did film as a, uh, I think either a minor or just like elective. She did um, like classics. Okay, so less of a chance then. Yeah, less of a chance. Um, did you it's end up seeing Passion fans. eventually? <laughs> yeah, you never know. Did you eventually see Passion though? No, I didn't, but I was a huge New Year Pass fan at the time, so I really should. Well, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Now I'm going to ask James something. He can either answer this. This one's especially spicy. He can either answer this or he can have to watch Mac and Me, apparently, which that that's very, uh, very time, uh, time sensitive. So you're going to you're going to have to waste time watching one of the worst films I've ever seen. So you can either do that or answer this, James. And again, this one's a little juicy. Have you ever wasted time watching a terrible film because you had a crush on one of the leads? But here's the, the twist to this, to this answer. After you turned 20, so nothing when you were a teenager. When you were older, have you ever wasted your time watching a terrible film because you have like a celebrity crush on somebody who was in the movie? Wasted my time? Yeah, like know. it has to be bad. It couldn't have been good. It has to be bad has to be bad i don't know that's a good one huh like have you ever been like this might not be so bad because so and so is in this and you watch it and you were like jesus why did i watch this actually i think i have one hold okay, on i gotta good. look it up real quick good because i don't want you to have to watch mac and me man <laughs> what's funny is i might end up watching it anyway just because <laughs> no, like don't it. do that not on my account Let's please see. oh yep there is one. It's this really weird psychological thriller that wasn't very good called Magic Magic. And I watched it because Emily Browning was in it. Uh, who's Emily Browning again? Uh, Emily Browning. 
I'm trying to think what would people most know her oh, for. Oh, Sucker Punch. Yeah. Which I guess another answer is Sucker Punch. <laughs> she uh, she was she was also when she was younger she was Violet in the um, series of unfortunate events movie. Yes, right. yes, 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 the bad one. But yep, I was just watching whatever I could find of hers, and that Imagine. one just really wasn't particularly good. It also had Michael Sarah in it, and in a really awkward role, even for him. Oh, it's this film. I remember that this was like this whole thing. Yeah, I've never seen this, thankfully. So it's bad, huh? Yeah, it just wasn't great. I mean, it, it wasn't like the worst thing ever, but, you know, I mean, also for the cast, it was like Emily Browning, Michael Sarah, Juno Temple, who I actually really like as an actress. And it just, it just sort of falls apart at the end. Like, it just wasn't very good. That's too bad. Well... At least you didn't have to watch my, uh, Mac and me. I mean, that would have been even worse. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be the one thing you remember throughout history is you just hate that movie. Well, that was the angriest I, moment on our podcast ever. For now. But anyway, now it's going to be round three. So what I can do is I can uh, just arbitrarily pick or I could just randomly pick who's going to be asking who. So let's say for myself. Odds are Rachel, evens are are James. Let's see who I'm going to have to ask. Okay, so I'm going to be asking James something again. Uh, Look at that. Or if you don't answer, you're going to have to uh, make Nicolas Cage your your Facebook banner. Looks like we've gone through all of these already. What do you think? We haven't haven't done one. That's true. Shall we go against the dice and just, let's see. We can make that your dare if you want. Um, yeah, let's, let's, or, let's make number one, the film guilt thing. Make that the number, make that the dare. What, what's my question though? What is the most uncomfortable film you've ever shown your parents? Where it's like you showed them a movie and you're like, oh my God, I should not be watching this with my parents. For example, I think I brought it up on the podcast before. I took my mom without having seen the film. I took my mom to go see Sausage Party, and let me tell you, that was oh. fun. <laughs> that was a mistake. Oh, I almost want to <laughs> yes. do both. Can I do both? Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> so for want. the so for the truth, the one that I should I probably should have stayed away from, but I did it to be funny. I showed my mom the Human Centipede. No. Oh, no, no, oh Jesus Christ! Okay, so <laughs> don't you like your mom? Sa- sausage Party's not that bad. Wait, have you seen Human Centipede before you showed your mom? Oh yeah. Oh, dude! Oh, come on! Yeah, because I thought I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh my god, your poor mom! <laughs> Our sympathies to James's mom. We 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 make jokes about it sometimes. <laughs> it's just so funny. She always goes like every anytime you bring it up, she goes on the part where um the girls are at the door and he asks, "Are you alone?" Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, and then invites them in. She's like, "Uh, uh-uh, I would have left." <laughs> no girl would ever say that. <laughs> Well, that, that's that's not particularly a great film, so I'm sure the writing doesn't follow suit. Uh, but oh my god, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, okay, uh, I, I'm guessing she didn't end up watching two or three. Well, I haven't even seen two or three. No, okay, I, but I, I decided I, not at to. least the line was drawn. So, what's your guilty film confession? Since you want to do that, I don't like Lord of the Rings. <gasps> Jesus, dude! What are you talking about? I don't. And for okay. that matter, I don't particularly care for medieval fantasy. Well, that, that would explain why you don't like one of the rings, but 
Is is that why you don't like Lord of the Rings, or is there additional stuff? No, that's primarily it. There's just something I don't know if it's just this point in my life, but I just do not care for medieval fantasy. Now, do you think it's I mean, poorly Lord made, of the Rings or is, is it just that you don't connect with it? Because there's a difference. No, I just don't really like anything about medieval fantasy. Like, I don't like the politics. I don't like the setting. I don't really care about magic and dragons and other stuff like that. Um, and hence why you haven't seen Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, I gave it, I gave, I watched a little bit of it and just wasn't into it. But also, I almost don't really like it for the same reason I don't like country music is because it's not malleable. You can't really change much about it and have it still be that genre. That's interesting. That's that's like a topic for another day, maybe. Like, but, uh, and I, the but I have one exception. Genres. Okay. And this is funny because I'll watch it if it's anime. Fantasy anime. So that's something that's outside of my wheelhouse. What's an example of a fantasy anime? Like The Seven Deadly Sins. Have you heard okay. of that anime? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like a little bit. I, I know a lot of sci-fi anime like Akira and stuff like that. But or uh, would Avatar count? Last Airbender? That's kind of fantasy. Kind of. Well, it's it's not more. It's it's specifically medieval fantasy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Not just fantasy, like fantasy, because I don't know. Fantasy is such a strange term because people interpret things that aren't of real world analog fantasy in general. Right. Even, like like I don't cons- like some people consider science fiction fa- a form of fantasy uh, by definition. Yes, but there is science fantasy. Right. Yeah. There's a little bit different. Okay. So. You don't like Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's very interesting. I did not know that. I mean, I did when I was younger, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know if it was just something I outgrew, but it's just there's just something about it that I'm just really not into. I think I think it's just because it's too rooted in traditional like approach. Well, I mean, as an as an attempt to get some of our dares in here, I'll badly quote it. Uh, James, that does not make sense to me. But then again, you're very small. So Anyway, it's, it's, it's a quote from, from the Two Towers. Anyway, um, interestingly enough, so I guess, James, you can ask Rachel something, your last question. How about we all do a Guilty Film Confession okay. as well, just just for poops and giggles, because I feel like, I feel like it, can, it can only go well. So, uh, Rachel, I guess uh, you're going to have to answer James's question, um, or... Uh, tweet Hugh Jackman. Plus, you get to do a guilty film confession. Um, I'll do the guilty film and answer James's question. So, my guilty film confession is I do not like Meryl Streep very much. I mean, I'm sure she's a cool person and everything, but I, I'm not a fan of her as an actor. I, I can recognize her talent, but there's just no connection. See, that doesn't shock me too much because I knew that already, but I can imagine to a lot of listeners at home that's super spicy. I get annoyed every time she gets nominated for basically doing nothing. I'm sorry, but a lot of her roles are kind of awful, and she still gets nominated when somebody else could get that recognition. And Frances McDormand is better. I, I, I think we're all in, in, in good company in saying that, maybe. We, we all like Frances McDormand. <laughs> um, so what's, what's your truth, James? What is a movie that you started but couldn't finish? Hmm... This could either be pretty standard or this could be a real eye-opener. I'm, I'm curious. There was a documentary from about 2004 called The Corporation. And 
it was quite informative, but also very ham-handed. It was corporations bad for an hour and a half without very much nuance. So that uh, remains to this day the only movie I've ever walked out of after paying for a cinema ticket. Right, because I think I've brought that up before. I think I said Halloween 2 was like the only one that I did, like the, the Rob Zombie one. Uh, exactly. I didn't make it past the opening credits of Sharknado. Oh. Wait, were you in a movie theater? No, I wasn't in a movie theater. Oh, I was. Just, I just meant movie in general. You couldn't finish. Okay, I was gonna say, yeah, why no. would you have gone to a theater with the intention of watching? No, no, no I didn't go to a theater. I was going through the right credits. Away. I saw okay. Tara Reed's name and was just like, I can't do it. Sorry. Right. So, and then you so watched Tara Reed is your Meryl I know. <laughs> Tara Reed is your is your Meryl Streep. It sounds like. That's not even just <laughs> that. It's just like I, I, it's. It was just I saw her name and was like. I, I just can't do this. Like I, it made me realize like this was a mistake. I shouldn't move forward. All right. Well, speaking of mistakes, uh, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Rachel, you're going to ask me your last question. Otherwise I, Oh, I, I rolled a one. Let's, let's roll that again. Cause I'm going to do that anyway. Otherwise I have to badly quote an iconic line. So what is your truth, Rachel? What is the worst movie you've ever had as your favorite? Oh, like when I was younger and I changed my mind? Exactly. And then you look back oh. and you're like, what was I thinking? Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> this is going to really bother Not me. Not going I thought about asking that, but I totally forgot about it when we started recording. James, this is going to piss you off, and I apologize. Um, my answer is Revolver. <laughs> I'm not I'm mad sorry. about it, though. I get I'm it. Sorry. I get it. I get it. It's not... It's not for everybody. It's definitely one of those ones where it's like, I don't recommend it. When I, was I, younger, I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know. Like when I was younger, I really loved it. I thought it was profound. And I remember watching it once I was in university and I was like, God, look, like, like, holy hell. What, what is, <laughs> why did I like this? There's that. And there's also, there's a couple of other answers. Uh, I guess in second place would be Hostel. I don't need to explain that one. I was into a, a horror movie phase when I was a teenager. Hostel is awful. Yeah, it's atrocious. Um, third worst would like would be uh, Harsh Times, I think it's called. It's by the, uh, I think the guy who wrote or directed Training Day. I don't remember and I don't care. Um, it's Christian Bale and Michael. B- and uh, hang on. I need to look this up. Harsh Times. Oh, it's David Bale and uh, yeah, it's Christian Bale and Freddie Rodriguez, Eva Longoria. Yeah, you brought that like up this, on the pod before. Yeah, I just didn't care for it at all. Um, but yeah, my my main answer is um, my main my main answer is Revolver. I'm sorry, James. I, I know you brought up that you like it. Uh, otherwise, my uh, and this is only going to make me look worse in your eyes. I'm sure my guilty film confession. I guess I I brought up the. Uh, the, the movie crush question because I've seen a few not so great Natalie Portman films, including the death and life of John F. Donovan, which was just horrific. Yes. Yes. Um, I remember this. My guilty film confession. <laughs> uh, having done this, you know, watched films that she's in. I don't think Mr. Gregorio's Wonder Emporium is that bad. I think it's a pretty decent family film, and I don't think the most irritating film in some people's eyes. I think it's whimsical. I think it's sweet. I don't think it's that bad. Well, honestly, family films tend to get short shrift just because they're for younger people. So if you found something out of it, that's great. 
I thought it was slightly irritating, but not beyond. I've certainly seen more irritating family films, but yeah, because I was expecting it to just be atrocious. Uh, what show was it? Was it um, Breaking Bad, where uh, I think it's like Hank or some, somebody has like two copies of Mr. Mergorium? <laughs> I actually do have two copies of Mr. Mergorium's Wonder Emporium. Uh, I bought my own copy, and my dad. Uh, like a couple of years ago, basically gave me his film collection, and it's like, oh, now I have two copies. But because, because uh, he had it as well, because my dad used to just basically buy every movie that was at Best Buy or HMV or wherever. So because of the Breaking Bad line, I couldn't bring myself to get rid of it. I wanted to have two as well, just for poops and giggles. So I do have, I do have two copies of Mr. Mercurius Wonder Emporium. I don't love it that much. I think it's all right, but I think it's overly hated. I don't think it's that bad. I know some people have said it's like the worst film they've, they've seen that year. I don't think it's that bad. And now I'm going to lose my master's degree. So, you know, thanks. Thanks fam. So, there you have it. Uh, those were our guilty revelations. We didn't do too many dares outside of that last round there. We all kind of just opted for it. So that was fun. I feel like for our random recommendations, let's do guilty pleasures. So before we get to that and we need a moment to think, Rachel, where can you find us? If, uh, you know, if you want people chasing us down for our bad opinions. <laughs> So we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta under the K-Cut. We like to post tidbits of film trivia, things like that. And our smorgasbord this month is um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, and Agrari the Wrath of God for our recommendations to each other. And then Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, is our collective. I just watched it. And James, I'm sending you the therapy bill. Uh, (laughs) I haven't watched it yet. (laughs) Oh, I mean, by by the time this comes out, I will have watched it. Uh, okay, uh, duly noted. I'm concerned. Uh, James, what guilty pleasure do you want to recommend to our listeners? I'm pretty sure I recommended this before, but if it's a repeat, I don't care. It's a to Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. And it's a movie where Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo play drag queens. Have you brought this up? Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember this. Okay, maybe you have. I don't remember if it was a random record or if it was a, a subject, but I just want to bring it up again because that's just one of those films. I'm like, I was like, I, I, I don't care what this is about. This is amazing. It's like those, these guys are known for being like masculine men. And the fact that they're drag queens is just like, how did you guys like transform into these roles? It's, a, it's also one of those like quirky nineties comedies that, you know, they don't make anymore because they're really not that good. It can like only exist in this time frame. Uh, for me, a lot of people don't consider this a guilty pleasure, but I mean, I have to. Um, it, it's it's a well-intentioned film. I don't think it's particularly great, but for some reason I like it enough. It's uh, Girl Interrupted. I feel like it's it's not a particularly good film, but for some reason I really like Angelina Jolie's performance. Um, I also... I don't know what it is. It, it feels like it, it's just not very good, but at the same time, I kind of just, whenever it's on TV, I kind of just, I, I just leave it and I'm fine with it. I'm at peace with it. I don't know. It's it's a rare one that's not like so bad. It's, it's amusing. I think it's pretty mediocre, but for some reason that doesn't turn me away. I don't know what it is. Um, Girl Interrupted, everyone. So uh, there you have it. Rachel, what is yours? Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. 
which I think is not a movie with a ton of substance, but has an amazing performance by Sean Penn. And yeah, that's pretty much why. <laughs> did that just and get added to the Criterion Collection? Yes, it did. Yeah, Amy Hackerling, I great director, also did Clueless. Ah, yes, that's true. She did do Clueless. And, Which is uh, one of my all-time faves. Not a guilty pleasure. Just just a great movie. Clueless is, is a that, good movie. What is that based on again, Clueless? It's Emma by Jane Austen. Uh, um, right, it's not Shakespeare. It's, it's Emma. That's what it is. And it is way uh, more fun than the Anya Taylor-Joy Emma that came out last year. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, that one was all right. Uh, but, I mean, it's Clueless, which I, I admittedly have not seen in a very long time. Paul so. Rudd has not aged since then. Yeah, that's I terrifying. Know. Maybe maybe we shouldn't tweet Hugh Jackman. Maybe we should tweet Paul Rudd. We should be like, we love you, Paul Rudd. Just because just we do. If not, you listeners at home can do that. Because, I mean, not that he needs the extra support, but we love Paul Rudd. So that was the K-Cut. Please keep listening to us. It's, it's only going to get better from here. And uh, we're going into the L-Cut now.